You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron, the co-host of the Weird Medieval Guys podcast. Katie and Nathan wanted me to let you know that they're swearing in this episode. So, you know, if that's not your thing, don't say I didn't warn you. But if, like me, you do like both jokes and profanity in your history podcast, this might just be the show for you. And if you do. You might also like the Weird Medieval Guys podcast, where every episode me and Olivia go on a deep and deeply unhinged dive into the weirdest people, stories, and art from medieval history, asking questions like, did medieval guys really love their wives? Was everything brown? And could a single Dorito really kill a medieval peasant? Anyway, on with the show. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Katie, it's that time again. We are back <laughs> for episode two of season seven and episode two about who, Nathan? Oh, the infamous Catherine Howard. Oh, my goodness. Little little baby Catherine. Just oh, just not baby. set up for success. No, not at all. That didn't, hmm, Spoiler bad alert. <laughs> Spoil alert. But not a good time. No, no. <laughs> but before we get started, let's do some shout outs. Yes. So um, from our Patreon supporters, we want to shout out Corinne, Alyssa, Lisa, Laura and Layla. And also Paige, Danielle, Elizabeth, and Letitia. Yes. And one more shout out. Thank you so much to Kayla Hudson. Um, on Instagram, like I did a screenshot of somebody that gave us a shitty review on Apple Podcast, which like, who takes time out of their day to leave a bad review for free content that no one's making you listen to? I don't know. Right. <laughs> and so Kayla sent me a screenshot that, look, I went and left y'all a nice review. And I was like, do you want a shout out? And she was like, I would love a shout out. So thank you, Kayla. Thanks, Kayla. Nathan, have you ever gone and left a negative review for like something that is free and no one's making you listen to? No, like it makes no <laughs> sense. But... but you know what? Bless their heart. They've got a lot of free time. Yeah. And if you've got haters, that means you're doing something right. Right. And in case anybody didn't catch <laughs> up on that, we're from the South. So when we say bless your heart. It's not as nice as it sounds. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it is definitely not as sweet as it sounds. Um, we... Let's get into the life. Part two of Catherine Howard. Nathan, where did we leave off? So we left Catherine. She was starting her very first job as a lady in waiting at the court of Henry VIII. <gasps> and she was so excited. Yeah. 
She had been living with her step-grandmother, the Dowager Duchess the Dowager of Norfolk. <laughs> <laughs> and, while, and while there, she had gotten herself into an entanglement <laughs> with a young man named Francis Durham. Yes, but she dumped his ass, and now she's at court, getting ready to be a lady-in-waiting to the next Queen of England, Anne of Cleves. Um, but when she got to court, she met this guy named Thomas Culpepper, and she fell head over heels for this guy. But he dumped her because she wouldn't put out, which honestly, fucking rude, you know? <laughs> fucking rude. But she was heartbroken when he broke Aww. up with her because like we talked about in episode one, she had always been the one pursued. She had never been dumped before. but that's okay okay. because she is like probably the the prettiest girl at court and she's ready to make her family proud so that's where we left her being a popular teenager at the royal court yes um there are some stories that king henry the eighth maybe already like noticed her right when she got there um and that's totally possible because catherine howard was a stone cold fox like she was hot but there's nothing to indicate that he put any kind of moves on her when she first arrived at court because he was really excited for Anne of Cleves arrival until he was not (laughs) (laughs) Anne of Cleves arrived in January 1540 and the king was not into it Mm -mm. Uh, Catherine probably would have been very surprised by those uh, fashion choices that the new queen made. Nathan, I want you to click on this link in the show notes, because I want you to see the kind of things that were considered the height of fashion for German princesses at the time. I'm, I kind of dig it. <laughs> so the I picture we're looking it. at is of uh, a portrait that's probably of Anne's sister. But, like, compare that to... Because Catherine Howard's never left the country. She's never left... She's probably never left, like, the vicinity of London. So she's used to only mm-hmm. seeing British fashion. What do you think she thought when she saw something like this? Oh, my God. That is gaudy as hell. What is she wearing? Why did she wear those shoes? I don't... I mean... <laughs> I'm saying yes, Gaga. Like, I love it. I love it. (laughs) But Anne was a nice boss and Catherine had no reason to complain. Not at all. She would have been present at the wedding and the celebrations afterwards. And then after the wedding, the Queen's household moved to Greenwich Palace. I don't think it's necessary for us to go over like the details of the marriage of King Henry VIII and Anne of Cleves. Do you agree? Yeah, I don't think there's, I mean, we kind of already did a whole episode on that. Yeah, yeah we have two episodes on Anne of yeah. Cleves. Definitely go check those out. Henry and Anne of Cleves just really didn't have any chemistry. And so his eye started to wander. And because Catherine Howard, the most consistent thing anyone's ever said about her is how pretty she was. It probably is no surprise that his eye wandered to her. The timeline of Catherine's relationship with the king is a little blurry. (laughs) Um, um, But in the summer of 1540, he sent Anne of Cleves out of London with a handful of ladies-in-waiting. Catherine was not one of those ladies-in-waiting that accompanied Anne of Cleves. I wonder why. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Catherine was sent back to live with her grandmother at Lambeth House, which was not far at all from Greenwich. Yeah, you might remember. I'm sorry, like... Henry VIII doesn't have a lot of moves, but he's got he's got two or three moves that he does over and over. Because you might remember from when he was divorcing Catherine of Aragon, he sent Anne Boleyn back to live with her family. When Anne Boleyn was on trial, he sent Jane Seymour back to live with her family. So now that he was divorcing uh, Anne of Cleves... He sent Catherine Howard back to live with her family because mm-hmm. he wanted to distance the woman that he's interested in, uh, wants to keep distance between her and drama to keep her reputation like squeaky clean. But to the rest of the court, now that they're watching this play out for the third time, fourth, <laughs> for the fourth time, they're like, yeah, they're like, okay, dude, you're not being as inconspicuous as you think you are. <laughs> right, right. We we got it. We know what this means. <laughs> yeah. And how do we think Catherine felt about this? Um, hmm. I think she loved the attention. Maybe. Uh, the whole world is loving on her. The attention from the king. Yeah. From her family. Also, the king started giving her lands. So she's got that money, honey. Her own money. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Like, that's so awesome. Yeah, she had been so reliant on her family, and now, like, she's got money that she can do whatever the fuck she wants to with. Like, how cool is that? I didn't have that when I was a teenager. I mean, I I did, like, because I had a job at Jason's Deli, but I mean, like, I have a feeling this is different kind of, different amount of money. All you have to do is sell your soul to an old, ugly man. All you gotta do is maybe give some hand jobs to an old man with an ulcer on his leg. (laughs) So now all of her really important family members were treating her totally differently. She'd never felt this important before. Yeah. I think we cannot stress enough also, in case you've missed it when we've talked about the Howard family in old episodes, um, her uncle, the Duke of Norfolk, was at the time, well, his title was Lord High Treasurer. And what that translates into modern day terms is uh, important as fuck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I think, like the fourth highest ranking person outside of the royal family in the entire country. Like, it's a big deal. Is what we're getting at. So for this guy to be paying her attention, hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah. So knowing what we know about Kay Howard, she probably was over the moon that he was coming to see her. Yeah. Like, coach her on what to say, what to do, how to carry yourself, all of that jazz. Yeah. Um, one thing we should mention is that about everyone at Lambeth House knew about Catherine's past and how she, you know, had had premarital sex um, and her old fling with Francis Derham. Derham at this point had gone to work in Ireland. He was also maybe a pirate, which we're just not going to have time to go into. <laughs> like, it's unclear what he... Okay. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of his stuff was still at Lambeth House. Like, the Dowager Duchess was just hanging on to his stuff for him because she, like, had a weird fascination with him. Um, and included in the stuff that she was hanging on to were like love letters that he had written to Catherine that she wanted to throw away, 
but for some reason Agnes had held on to, which is weird. But it seems like everyone in the household made a conscious decision not to tell the Duke about Catherine's previous relationship. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a... a the Duke was a dick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I think that was a very smart move. But um, it could have changed. Yeah. Her outcome. I think if he would have known that she had had sex before, he probably wouldn't have been pushing her to become queen. He probably would have been like, just be the mistress then, which would have completely. Mistresses don't get it. You know, I don't want to spoil her yeah, end for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Divorced, beheaded. Divorced, beheaded. Died. Divorced. Question mark. Don't Google it. But no. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if he would have known, like, I do think that her uncle was a bit of this You're fucking right. guy. But if he would have known, he would have coached her differently. So I just really think that, like, and how was she supposed to know? I do. I just think at every step. She just had bad counsel in her entire life. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of an open secret that Henry intended to marry Catherine Howard as soon as his marriage to Anne of Cleese was completely dissolved. Mm-hmm. But again, we have no idea how Catherine actually felt about this. She was probably happy to be queen. Wouldn't you I be? Mean, I would. I, would. <laughs> I mean, I already am um, Me too. So. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but there's now there's no way she could have been excited by the thought of a physical relationship with this old ass dude and like you said a festering ulcer on his leg do the stinky leg do the stinky leg hey do the stinky leg um, she's like 16 or 17 and he's 50 and he's stinky yes no. and he had once been like Whenever he was like in his 20s, he was called the most handsome prince in Europe. He's not in his 20s anymore. No. Those days <laughs> are behind him. And yeah, so she couldn't. You're right. She not excited about a physical relationship is probably an understatement. Well, All right, so Henry officially obtained an annulment of his marriage from Anna Cleves on July 9th, and then him and Catherine Howard were married on July 28th in a quiet ceremony. Henry has never uh, been one to be slow with his marriage planning. He's like, let's no. do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's always, with with some of them that don't, the story doesn't end out well. It's mm. always like a small, quiet ceremony. Because I was recently re-listening to our episodes on Catherine of Aragon, and this is something you brought up in these episodes that I didn't even think about, but you're so right. Every he does, he is not a man for big weddings. Mm-mm. For someone that has like- so many, uh, they were all quiet, small ceremonies. Isn't that? I think that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. And maybe because he already had one big wedding that was yeah. the big to do already, he was like, "Oh, that was such bullshit. Mm-mm. Can we just like go to Vegas and get a lope?" Like <laughs> he he what he did the sixteenth uh, century Vegas elope equivalent. Yes, <laughs> yes, he did. Like it's true. <sighs> uh, but y'all, this is such drama and such gossip. Like people around the world are looking at England right now, being like, uh, "What 
the actual fuck is your king doing? Like, can you imagine like eight eight years and there's five queens? I didn't so realize five that in less than a decade. So some of these like some of these things that traveled around the world, you have to imagine like they find out that Anne Boleyn was beheaded and Jane Seymour died in childbirth at the same time. They didn't have the internet, you know? So like, yeah. I, was like I, okay. So let's stop and have a weird Katie rant because I did not realize how quick this timeline was until starting to research Catherine Howard. I mean, it makes sense. I feel like when we think about the wives of Henry VIII, like, we know they went through, he went through them like crazy, but I just didn't realize it was only 10 years from the time that he divorced Catherine of Aragon to the time that he married Catherine Parr. That's crazy. So I feel like on one hand, I knew that, but on the other hand, like, can you imagine just the people of that country, how they must have been like, wait, who, who's queen? What? Who? Because Catherine of Aragon was queen for like 20 years. And then in yeah, 10 years, so, he went through five other women. Like, it it makes sense. It totally makes sense. So now why they go back and they're like, okay, Mary was supposed to be the queen after him. Yeah. Because it's like it, his mom and dad, like, I mean, his, her mom and dad were like together for 20 years. She was the people's and princess. So, yes, yes, she was. And so she grew up in their eyes. And so it's like in the, the course of 10 years, all of a sudden, everything changes it's like wait no 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 hold on no it doesn't she's still in line it, like it makes yes because she was the honestly you actually you've nailed it there mary tudor the future mary the first is like the only constant in this mm-hmm. story from the viewpoint of the english people and the people of europe because she's also you know half spanish like yeah, that's a really good point, Nathan. Anyway, we could go down this rabbit hole for hours. <laughs> so let's, let's reel it back. <laughs> Another side note that I want to mention, just in case anybody's thinking about it. Um, we are going to leave out the Thomas Cromwell of it all from this story. <sighs> because it just, it, uh, what you need to know is that Henry's right-hand man was this dude named Thomas Cromwell. And he was convicted of treason and he was executed on the same day he married Catherine, which I think he did on purpose, which tells you about where this guy was in a mental health state. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, We're not going to go into it because we've mentioned it. it, We've mentioned him in all the other episodes and I don't want to. And also, honestly, he probably didn't have anything to do with Catherine Howard's life. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's worth mentioning that he executes his right-hand man, his best friend for the last, like, however many years on the day that he marries a teenager. Um, So this guy needs therapy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I take a guess that she probably didn't think it was super romantic that he was having this guy executed on their wedding day. But I also doubt she would have said anything about okay. it because you don't you don't confront the king about those sort of things. Yeah. Um, her her uncle super hated Thomas Cromwell because he was a peasant. Yes. He was a Protestant. Yeah, he was a peasant Protestant. Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> so she was probably told that he was this evil dude, right? Right. Oh, what drama! Okay, I need to top off my drink before we get into the drama of the rest of it. So let's take a minute, and we'll be right back, y'all. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? 
At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Brenna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. But that is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. And we're back. And we are back. Anyway. Drinks are refreshed. Drinks We're are ready refreshed. to go. I, More trauma. Let's go. I, I am ready for the trauma <laughs> after topping off my drink. So anyway, moving on. Um, Catherine is now Queen Catherine. Ooh. Married to a man that is older than her father. And Ew. almost immediately, almost immediately, she starts getting letters from old friends people that um, worked for her and worked for her grandmother when she was living at the Dowager Duchess's house. First, um, namely, the most significant one, we're not going to mention her again in this episode, but we will in the next one, um, a woman named Joan Ackworth was like, um, hey, can I get a job? And Joan had been her secretary back at Lambeth House. And so she and and so she gave Joan a job, yeah. And a lot of historians point to this as being Catherine's first mistake. Like, why invite someone who knows secrets of your past <laughs> to come work for you? Like, mm. well, well, Joan's family had ties with the Howards and had worked for them for like generations now. So if you look at it that way, it almost would have caused more suspicion if she hadn't yeah, chosen Joan. Yeah, I think that's something people get wrong. A lot. Because would you agree, like, would you agree that whenever you learn about the life of Catherine Howard, it's always like, why did she put people that knew things from her past in positions to get her in trouble? But, like, she was just, she was just. That was protocol. Yeah. That was just kind of the protocol of her family. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <clears throat> and it seems like they were friends, too. So why not hire your friend that you've known for your Who life? Who already knows like, you, that already knows, like, what you like and what you don't like and knows how you are. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. Um, knowing what we know, we can see that it was a mistake, but that's not the way Catherine would have looked at it. Because, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, She's looking at, like, I'm queen now. And so I want to do favors for my friends, you know, like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then also that's what you did back then. Like, cause Joan's family had worked for the Howards for generations. So you, yep. you reward people that are loyal to your house, you know? Yeah. And soon after the wedding, the couple headed out on their Ooh. honeymoon 
And there is no doubt that these two were definitely went to Bone Town. Bumping like butts. Honey. Bumping butts. Bumping, bumping, bumping those butts. Bumping those butts. Bumping those butts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the new hit single. We're going to release it. Look, look for it on Spotify. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so after he failed, uh, like our song will fail. Um, after. <laughs> no, no, with that attitude, it will. <laughs> <laughs> so after he failed to get it up for Anna Cleves, Henry felt like he had a little something to prove. Yes. Um, you know, that he could still do it. Uh-huh. And hopefully for Catherine's sake, it was quick. I know. This made me think of, do you remember in the Anna Cleves episode? How when he was like, I swear I can still get it up. I have wet dreams all the time. And it was like, ew. I don't want to know It's like, nope. You have to know it because I had to know it. But like. Uh, it almost felt like the lady doth protest too much like (laughs) we get it it is very very that (laughs) yeah so anyway let's completely change gears please because i'm gonna have nightmares now i don't want to talk about henry's wet dreams anymore (laughs) my dreams are dry uh, (laughs) now so as queen Catherine honestly didn't have a whole lot to do um, Henry didn't come and see her every day. Because, again, we've talked about this in, like, the Jane Seymour episode and moving forward. After Anne Boleyn, he was not looking for someone to help him with. He was just looking for a, a arm candy to make him babies. So she was not given, right off the bat, a whole lot of, like, stately duties. And he didn't come and see her every day. So unless there was, like, official business or a state dinner or something, sometimes her calendar could be pretty open. And mm-hmm. Catherine got bored. And she hated being bored. When I was 18, I I hated being bored. Like, now I'm like, oh, I have nothing on my calendar today. Amazing. But when I was 18, I was like, okay, I've got nothing on my calendar today. Who's throwing a party, you know? Yep. <clears throat> and unsurprisingly, Catherine was like, well, if there's nothing to do, let's just make it a party why not Uh, yeah she was always inviting the young ladies at court to her rooms and the young gentlemen Mm. and the musicians they got the wine and she'd just have a great old time with the young people at court yeah um i feel like a lot of people point to this about like her being vapid which i i hate Mm -hmm. because i love to party and i'm not vapid you know what i mean like they're like Mm -hmm. you they are not intertwined but she hadn't, if she had been given assignments, she would be doing those assignments. She was just given nothing to do. Her court was not one of deep political or religious discussion. She, she wanted the gossip. She <laughs> wanted fun. She wanted dancing because she is a teenager. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> did you? Like Henry, Henry VIII would have wanted that when he was younger. Uh- like, oh, he did so much dancing and partying and yeah. gossiping when he was 18. Of course. I think he was 18 mm-hmm. when he first became king. And it was like, yeah. and it oh, was a party yeah. court. Yeah. This is often the reason people like say, oh, she was vapid because she's just partying and gossiping. Especially when you compare her to Catherine of Aragon or to Anne Boleyn. Yeah, but, think- but she's a teenager. <laughs> and also think about her upbringing. Complicated debate wasn't part of her upbringing unlike Catherine of Aragon and Anne Boleyn who were given very top-notch educations not just for a woman just period 
They were both Period, given, yeah. She wasn't raised that way, which we looked at in the first episode, you know? So her upbringing was to be a beautiful piece of arm candy who hosted good parties. So what is she doing? Well, she's doing what she was supposed to do. <laughs> right? So I get so annoyed when people are like, she was so dumb. She just liked to party. And I was like, that's what she was raised. She was raised to be a hostess, basically, you know? Yeah, you can't fault her yeah. for that. I mean, that's what ladies at court would typically be raised to do, would be to host parties. And, and especially for her, since she wasn't given that deep philosophical education. Like we talked about in the first one, like she didn't keep diaries. She didn't write. She wasn't scholarly. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Not everybody is. But we can't fault her for doing exactly what she was raised to do her entire life, you know? Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if she got a message, like, during the day that the king would be dining mm -hmm. with her that night, that meant that he'd be, you know, wanting to bump butts bump later butts in her that night, yeah. <laughs> She'd clear everyone out when she got that note, and her and Henry would just share the room all to themselves with his janky leg and oh, everything. Bless oh, her. Yeah. But Close your eyes and think of England. <laughs> <laughs> god, oh god and your nostrils please uh, we are such professionals <laughs> serious yeah, historians are. but if henry did not come uh -huh, um her, her ladies would sleep in her room with her and they'd possibly stay up all night talking and gossiping i mean because that's what a teenager does i mean we were by the time we were 18 we were already fast friends and what did what did we do when we got together late at night? We gossip, 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 and be silly. So yeah, sometimes her, maybe Henry would visit her once a week, but the rest of the nights of the week, she's just with her friends having a good time, which fun. That's so what sounds good to me. <laughs> so that being said, though Catherine was not politically minded, she still would not put up with being disrespected. She understood that people like talked about her maybe not being the most. Um, accomplished queen of England. And it, she was not into it. If you disrespected her, she was going to show you consequences. And it didn't matter who it was. She wasn't putting up with it. Even if the person that disrespected her was her stepdaughter, Mary. Oh, ooh. and we've, we've already kind of touched on this. Um, Mary's a very proud woman. Yes. Proud Mary. It's, it's... <laughs> But I mean, she's the daughter of Catherine of Aragon, also a very proud woman, who's the daughter of Isabella Castile. Yes. Very proud yes. woman. Yes. And here we are again. Isabella Castile makes her appearance in another episode. <laughs> so <laughs> Proud Mary is a very proud woman. <laughs> and she looked at Catherine like she was an absolute joke yeah. and did not respect her at, at all. all. Mary was quite a bit older than Catherine, so she was a very serious person. And she wouldn't have thought that Catherine was worthy of this new position. I'm not really sure what Mary said or did to Catherine for Catherine to find it so disrespectful. But do you remember in the Anne Boleyn episodes how disrespectful she was to Anne? And she actually had an axe to grind with Anne, you know, like... You push my yeah. mom out. This girl that is younger than her. Could you imagine your dad's married <sighs> to someone that's younger than you? Like, And you're supposed to bow to her as your queen? Uh-uh, <laughs> honey. No, 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 honey. <laughs> Do you remember, though, in the last episode, we talked about when Catherine was like, felt pressure, she could have a really bad temper? She'd snap, yeah. Yeah. 
So we are going to see that here. And so Mary did something to disrespect Catherine. And Catherine was like, you're about to be real fucking sorry you did that. And so she mm -hmm. goes to her husband and she's like, I, Mary was a dick to me. Can I do something in uh, retrib retribution? Is that the word? Retaliation. In retaliation. Mary was a dick to me. Can I do something in retaliation? And um, he was like, yeah, do it, do whatever you want, which also doesn't show a great deal of respect for his daughter in that. No, right. <laughs> and so Catherine fired two of Mary's lady, two, Mary's two favorite ladies in waiting. Mm, now they got bad. Blood. Right. And that, that is, that is like, that is like hit them where it hurts because like, her two yeah. favorite ladies in waiting had probably been with her. Her Almost her whole yes, life. Yes, yeah, exactly. If not her entire life. Yeah. yeah. And after that, Mary had to pretend that she respected Catherine. Oh, I can just imagine the tension in the room when they're both in it. You're just like. <laughs> How does um, Catherine Howard's life story not have its own miniseries? I know. It would be great. Yes. We have so many about Anne Boleyn. We have so many about Catherine of Aragon. A movie about Catherine Parr is coming out soon. There is so much drama in this. How? I know. Mm. Anyway. But Mary never really did respect Catherine. Yeah. And the two of them forever had this strain and this non-friendly, awkward relationship, which poor proud Mary. <sighs> poor proud Mary. I, I don't think she had a super happy life. So that's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother story that we will, we will get to eventually. We hear you. We will get to it. But no, yeah. Really, honestly, from the time that uh, her father divorced her mother, when was this woman ever happy? Never. She was treated like garb Ugh. garbage. We don't. This is a whole different. Let's move on. <laughs> yes she gets she gets her own episodes eventually episodes <laughs> yes. definitely episodes <laughs> yes everyone seemed to like Catherine. let's take a second to, to discuss what she was like as a queen she was popular um Duh. but are we surprised no. <laughs> remember everything we've talked about her so far she has been trained to be this perfect image of a wife in public in public, she's a trophy wife. She's a trophy. She's, a, she's, she's absolutely, a trophy wife. She is. Yes, absolutely. In public, she acted very demure, very pious, very regal, and then back at home, she was very generous with her staff. And oh, there's lots of stories of Henry basically groping her in public. Don't love it. Ugh. Don't love it. Thanks, Grandpa. And she just smiled and was like, whatever, y'all. <laughs> y'all see this crown? Y'all see my land? Y'all see my jewels? see these jewels? And like, <laughs> Yeah, like. <laughs> she made the king very, very happy. And when the king was happy, who else is happy? Everybody in the crown getting happy. Everybody, Everybody in the crown getting happy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Everyone's happy when he's happy. And so they are like. We're so happy this teenager is taking one for the team. And by taking one for the team, I mean, old dick for England. Like, they're <laughs> just like, thank you. And so she was so popular and everyone was so nice for her to her because they were like, you make the king happy and he's in a good mood when he's getting laid by a hot teenager. Oh, she did the stanky leg. She, oh, <laughs> Again, for her sake, I hope it was all quick. <laughs> Um, Catherine was considerate and kind to everyone at I court. Love that. She even went out of her way once to meet the Princess Elizabeth, <gasps> Henry's daughter with Anna Boleyn, yeah. Avi. Uh, that's really touching because I have to imagine that Elizabeth felt 
like this huge outsider as a kid because she's the child of uh, the second wife who nobody thinks is a legitimate The one that was person. like, she's a witch. She's like the child yeah. of the witch, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I bet that her and Elizabeth probably both felt a little bit unwanted as children. Yeah, because Catherine, or Catherine Howard, like we discussed in the first one, like her dad didn't want her. Her dad didn't want anything. Like, didn't pay her yeah. any attention. And then we do also have to remember that Amberlynn was her first cousin. So this is her first cousin once removed, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, I have no idea if Elizabeth, what her feelings were to that. But, like, I feel like she wasn't getting a whole lot of love and attention. So how nice is that, that the queen is coming and Because Catherine Howard specifically was like, I want to meet the Princess Elizabeth. Like, in a time when everyone else was like, don't talk about the redheaded stepchild. You know, like. Now, we've discussed in other episodes that after Anne Boleyn, Henry VIII was not looking for a partner in governing mm-hmm. England. He was like, you very much stay over there. Yes. Um, so remember when Jane Seymour tried to ask him to forgive the people involved in the pilgrimage of grace. And he was basically like, huh, remember what happened to my wife before you? <sighs> <sighs> this might be a completely different episode, but I don't think he liked Jane Seymour. Anyway, because um, oh, would you say that to a room full of people, to someone that you actually liked? Remember my <laughs> wife that got beheaded? Anyway. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but you know what? Catherine didn't she she didn't want to be involved in politics anyway she was like suits me you know she actually even took measures to distance herself from her uncle thomas the duke of norfolk the one that we were talking about earlier the guy that's so high ranking she recognized that he was really ambitious and wanted to try to pull her strings and she understood henry is not interested in a co-ruler so Mm -hmm. she Stop taking his calls, basically. I feel like that's really smart. I feel like that's something we should give her more credit for than we do. Because she read the room. She was like, you know what? You pulled the strings with my cousin Anne. And she got her head cut off. Yeah. Henry doesn't want that. So I'm going to distance myself from politics. I'm going to stay out the fuck out of it. And I think that's I think that's smart. Yeah, that's a really good idea considering the past circumstances. Yes. <laughs> However... <clears throat> There was one time that she did get involved in politics. So there's this guy named Sir Thomas Wyatt, and he's sitting in the Tower of London charged with treason, which is a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. Yes. <laughs> but it seems like Henry had realized he had made a mistake and didn't want to have him executed. But would Henry be able to put his pride aside and, you know, admit that he was wrong God, and release no. him? Oh, <laughs> my ah, God. Absolutely not. <laughs> Nope. So Catherine was approached by these dudes on Henry's council and was like, hey, we need you to like publicly ask the king to forgive Thomas Wyatt. Ask him to have mercy, which is what Jane Seymour tried to do before. She just didn't know (laughs) how it was supposed to play out, you know? Yeah. They're like, we've written you a script. This is exactly what we want you to say. This is exactly when we want you to say it. And the king, based on your plea for mercy... We'll pardon him out of love for you, and everyone will view this as, like, a queen doing her job that loves her subjects, you know? This is the kind of thing that Catherine had literally trained to do her entire life. Because if you remember from the last episode, she was all about, like, public appearance. Yep, she's got good PR reps. Yes. Hundy. And so (laughs) on Catherine's first official state dinner in London, as Queen of England... She petitioned her husband, have mercy on Thomas Wyatt. And the king was like, okay. 
Can you do that? <laughs> have mercy on <laughs> Have mercy on Thomas Wilde. <laughs> this was huge. Well, no, so this was huge. Do you know Thomas Wyatt? You know, with the whole Anne Boleyn thing, there were like five men and her brother that were executed, like along mm-hmm. with Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Thomas Wyatt was initially arrested along with the other men. And for whatever Ooh. reason, he was let go. Ooh. So he's probably Ooh. sitting in jail being like, you don't get out of this twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but the reading the room, people of the Tudor court were just so tired of seeing their friends executed for no reason. Mm-hmm. So Catherine played her part to a T and Thomas Wyatt was released. So the fact that Catherine played this part in this bit of like court theater made everyone be like, oh, this silly girl understands the assignment Mm -hmm. and it made people have a sense of respect for her that they didn't have before it's like look i know everyone's name i know your role yeah you might think i'm a dumb teenager but if you ever get in trouble who are you gonna call ghostbusters or Catherine howard (laughs) 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 and on that ghostbusters bit let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors Because we're we're not going to ghost you guys. We'll be back. (laughs) Throughout history, royals across the world were notorious for incest. They married their own relatives in order to consolidate power and keep their blood blue. But they were oblivious to the havoc all this inbreeding was having on the health of their offspring. From Egyptian pharaohs marrying their own sisters to the Habsburgs' notoriously oversized lower jaws, I explore the most shocking incestuous relationships and tragically inbred individuals in royal history. And that's just episode one. On the History Tea Time podcast, I profile remarkable queens and LGBTQ plus royals, explore royal family trees, and delve into women's medical history and other fascinating topics. I'm Lindsay Holiday, and I'm spilling the tea on history. Join me every Tuesday for new episodes of the History Tea Time podcast, wherever fine podcasts are enjoyed. Have you ever wondered what really happened to Amelia Earhart or the lost colony of Roanoke? Do you ever find yourself scouring the internet for vicious Victorians and their murders by gaslight? Or perhaps you're just sick and tired of women being constantly misrepresented or plain lied about throughout history. If so, join me, Katie Charlwood, history harlot and reader of books on Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class part of the Airwave Media Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Adios, au revoir, au revoir de zen, my friends. Bye-bye. I'll be seeing you. And we are back. So, unfortunately... We have to bring another character from the last episode back into the story because to. we need we need more drama. We, need, right? we, we really <laughs> so, need to rein in on the trauma. Yes, please. <laughs> so Francis Durham had been working in Ireland, but now he's back oh. and he wants to talk to Catherine. <sighs> of course he does. 
Of course he would. Yeah, why not? Why not? In case you missed it, in the last episode, we discussed Catherine's relationship with this guy, Francis Darum. They had definitely bumped butts, which is the way on P- Queen's podcast we say had a sexual relationship. Yes. And the king did not know about it. Not like, maybe they didn't. No, 100% he did not know about it. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Also, last episode, we got to know Durham a little bit, and he's got a bit of a hothead, you know, like our girl Catherine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Durham is this handsome guy that acts before thinking out what he's actually going to do. Yes. yes. So in Gareth Russell's book, he said Durham possessed the emotional equilibrium of a toddler. Oh my God, <laughs> what a fucking sick bird. The emotional equilibrium. <laughs> Of a toddler. That's like some David Attenborough stuff. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Catherine knew with Durham coming back that this was gonna be trouble. We don't know what Catherine's initial thoughts about Francis Durham ringing her bell were. Um, From what we've known about everything else, I have to assume... In the last episode, we discussed that we think Catherine Howard, it's, it's impossible to diagnose somebody uh, 500 years ago, but we think she had anxiety issues. Yeah. So I would imagine she probably had some anxiety about him coming back. Mm-hmm. She was probably nervous about it. We don't know if she wanted to talk to him. But what we do know is that her grandmother, Agnes, the Dowager Duchess, mm-hmm. came to her and was like, you need to hear him out. He wants a job at court. Just give him a job at court. This fucking woman just does wrong by our girl over and over and over again. But that's her guy. That's her. That's, her, that's the closest she knows yeah. to a parent. Yeah, it's like that. Her, her dad. Child, she didn't know her, her dad. Partner. She didn't know her mom. This is the closest she has to a parental figure. You know, but Catherine, when hiring Durham, said, "My lady Norfolk desires me to be good to him, and so I will." And now her annoying ass ex is working for her. Yeah. Oh, so annoying. Okay, so one thing that I found really, really interesting. So it's a common misconception that she made Frances Durham her private secretary. But private secretary to the queen was a very coveted job that you had to have prerequisites mm-hmm. for. Like, you couldn't just rock in and be like, I've been a pirate in Ireland for two years. Make me your private secretary. <laughs> like, it's something that you had to have experience experience with to be a private secretary so that was never his job which i think is so interesting because even on wikipedia it says that he was yeah so she didn't give him that job but she did give him some job we're not really sure what but it doesn't seem like she saw him on her day-to-day so nothing very high ranking but knowing what we know about how we suspect Catherine had real anxiety issues we can only imagine the stress that this put on her. Can you? I, 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 <sighs> so in February 1541, about six months into their marriage, Henry got really, really sick. Like really sick. Like people thought he was going to die. They didn't want the world to know how sick he was. But he was like literally on death's door. So they locked down the palace. Pretty much no one could come or go. And it doesn't seem like anyone told Catherine. I'm sure the thought process behind it was like, we don't want to worry her. But knowing what we know about her anxiety issues, if she just sees that the palace is shut down and no one's coming or going, I bet she freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And I can't really tell if anyone was telling Catherine 
how sick Henry really was. I mean, he refused to see her because he didn't want her to see him in this horrible yeah. state that he was in. But she didn't know that's why he didn't want to see her. And if you're already an anxious person, exactly. <laughs> can you can you imagine all of these scenarios that she's making up in her head? Like, have I upset him? Does he have another mistress? Did my uncle finally step in and say something stupid? So um, just completely side note, as someone that is always convinced that everyone I love is mad at me, this is this gives me huge. Like, is he mad at me? <laughs> this would be my first thought. Yeah, yeah I, I would think that another one would be like, does he know about Francis? <laughs> like, did he find out oh, about this? So it's like, oh, I shit. didn't think about maybe she. Oh, maybe lots of lots of nerves going on with this. What's girl. going on in your head? Because also we know she's a social butterf- butterfly. And now the butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> butterfly. But no, she's like a very social. She's an extrovert. And now the castle is shut down. So she's also anyway. What? Uh, um. What really was going on is that Henry's leg was super gross. We talked about like his super stanky, his stanky leg super had stanky. taken over his entire life for a little bit. And um, it was he was just having horrible health problems and he was in a deep, deep depression. And he actually started to tell everybody that would listen. Why did I hate this? He started to accuse everybody of them making him execute Thomas Cromwell. No, bro, you're the one that signed the order. You're the one that decided to execute him on the same day that you married somebody. Mm-hmm. He's on death's door, and he's thinking about the wrongs that he's done. And it's coming to Thomas Cromwell, which actually goes against the Howard family, because the Howard family very much pushed for the Cromwell execution. And, ooh, Yeah. Yeah, but Catherine is really upset hearing that he purposefully does not want. I don't want to see her because I don't want my hot teenager wife to see me being gross and old. Yeah, yeah, and she's lonely. Like she's usually with in rooms that are just bustling with activity. Like there's partying, there's courtiers, and then everybody's not there anymore. So she's probably getting a little depressed, yes. too, because like you said, she's a social butterfly. Also at this time, Nathan, have you ever heard uh, about Shrovetide or Shrove Tuesday? I actually, I actually have. Yes. I actually have. So that is right before Lent starts. And so um, Lent is the 40 day for our non-Christian or our non-Catholic listeners. Lent is the 40 days leading up to, leading up to Easter. And so the 40 days leading up to Easter are, I mean, Nathan and I grew up in the Cajun atmosphere. No, what's the word? Culture. So Nathan and I were raised in Cajun culture where Lent is a big fucking deal. Nathan, what is Lent? Lent is you give up all of your vices for 40 days. So whatever you're like, the thing that you value the most, you're supposed to give it. Yes. I remember one year my dad gave up uh, ice cream for Lent. And when I tell you that was a big deal, my dad fucking loved ice cream so i hadn't given ice cream up for lent so i ate his ice cream and he freaked out at me and i remember his girlfriend at the time being like you're not eating it what is the big deal and that's when i was like oh my dad is definitely still eating ice cream (laughs) 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 but no during um the tudor court era shrove time so the time leading up to lent 
was a big fucking deal. The Tudors celebrated Fat Tuesday, which Nathan, what do we call that? Mardi Gras. So this was a huge time of party planning, musicians, wine, feasts, dancing, tons of guests. Something that Catherine was probably like really, really, really looking forward to as I would be. Mm -hmm. But it got canceled because the king got sick. She would have been crushed. Wouldn't you have been? Because this, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> and especially for her because this is her first Shrovetide as queen, and she was getting really, really excited about this. So when it all gets canceled, this is a dark time for not only the king but especially for her. Yes, because he probably wasn't even thinking like how this would affect her canceling Shrovetide. You uh, know what I mean? Do, do you think he actually cared about what anyone thought except himself? No. No, because he's in his Nero phase right now. Yeah, Nero era. Ooh, Nero era, yes. <laughs> During this time, Catherine went through it. She grew paranoid a little bit. Like we already talked about, um, you know, she was prone to being anxious. And if you listen to part one... So she was prone to being anxious. And if you listen to part one, you know that when she got anxious, she could be really fucking mean to the people around her. And those behaviors came back. And I don't want to I don't want to hate on her for that, because I've probably been mean to people when I was anxious, when I didn't actually mean it. You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're really stressed out, you you lash out. And, you know, unfortunately, it's the people that are closest to her. And this went on for three months. Three <sighs> months. Can you even imagine being just like, well, we did it for a year because of COVID. But <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have the internet. She couldn't talk to people. Like, she couldn't text her friends. You know, like, can you imagine? Yeah, she had to have been isolated. And her poor ladies-in-waiting must have been, like, walking on eggshells around her. <laughs> but in April, Henry VIII was feeling better. And she goes, oh, guess what? I am pregnant. But we don't actually know if she was pregnant. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, it's like she announced it and then we just never get an update. And there was never a baby that was born. So some people debate on if she was pregnant and lost the baby or was she just telling Henry that she was pregnant so that he'd have lifted spirits and then maybe he would get her pregnant. So... Or maybe she was just being a little bit man. <laughs> I, I really don't know how to read that situation because they all seem very plausible. Either way, she told Henry this and he is stoked. Maybe he's not good at math because <laughs> <laughs> um, he definitely wanted a spare, you know, an heir in the spare. He had his heir. He wanted mm-hmm. a spare. He had his eldest son, Edward, but he wanted a second son, obviously. Now, none of his wives, since Anne Boleyn, had had coronations. You know, when you get crowned and it's a big movement. But when she says, hey, I'm pregnant, they start planning her coronation. (sighs) But they wanted her to be visibly pregnant at the coronation. Because it was like a stamp of legitimacy or something? I don't know. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Like, ugh. Now, a little side note about Catherine's life at court. She very much lived in the shadows of Henry's third wife, Jane Seymour. Can you imagine? Yeah. In our episode that we did on her, we didn't really get the vibe that Henry was all that nice to her while she was queen. But since she had died giving him a son, he built her up in his head to be almost this, like, 
goddess-like figure. Literally. Literally, he talked about her being the phoenix from the ashes, rose the next, like, wow. yes. So can you, like, her portrait hung in the hallway in a picture next to his mother. Oof. Can you imagine? That's intense, living in the shadows. Because, you know, they had separate quarters. She had her own room. The queen's rooms, though, like, her plates... Her china, her forks, and her knives all still had Jane Seymour's initials on it. I, I, I couldn't. I could not. I, that's like sleeping in the same bed that you slept with your ex-wife in. Yeah. Like it's like, no, we gotta get, we gotta get new sheets. We gotta get a new mattress. We gotta change everything because I feel like I'm in someone else's shadow. Like I totally get. It. Uh, but if Catherine had a child, especially if she had a son, then maybe she'd get her own plates. She'd get her own mm. portrait in the hallway, but a baby never came. And I think Catherine would have been a good mom, honestly. She seems very oh, affectionate, you know? Like, a, Yeah, know. very affectionate, wants to, <clears throat> she would raise her kid and try to, I feel like she'd try to keep him as much as she could out yeah. of the public eye, but she would be fun, loving, have a great time with her kids, try to treat them like kids. Like, she would have been a great mom. All right. Let's fast forward a little bit. Zoop. Zoop. And it's Maundy Thursday of 1541. Um, I know it's a holy day <laughs> because it's the week of Easter. It's basically. I've never the heard day... the phrase Maundy Thursday because I'm Cajun, but I'm not yeah. Catholic. So. Yeah, it's like the day before Good Friday when he was about to be crucified. Good for who? Uh... Says Jesus, probably. <laughs> So it has something to do with Easter. So it's Easter time, y'all. The king and queen went to a chapel and did this ritual that Henry did every year where they would exit the church and then just start handing out money to the poor. Oh, my God. How good is that for Catherine in PR? And because, again, anytime she is given an assignment, she understands it. She fucking nails it. She ate no notes. Everybody was like, oh, my God, what a pious beautiful queen we have but when they got back home henry was exhausted so he went to bed but catherine held a small party in her rooms where everyone that works for her and the king can come in get a gift from the royal couple you know mingle have fun sounds great yeah and when that's when catherine do you remember her ex-boyfriend thomas culpepper oh yes it seems that this is when he came back into her mind i mean let's think about it she's at the oldest like 19 or 20 Mm -hmm. a boy that she used to like is now seeing that dumped her the only guy that's ever dumped her is now seeing her in her rooms as queen (laughs) and remember he had broken her heart so now she's like (laughs) guess who's looking now bitch she's gotta have something just like oh yeah she just feels all the uh, vindication validation Validation. like yeah she does she definitely feels validated and like (laughs) jealous but i think she's still you can't turn off attraction is the problem if you could turn off attraction it would cause so many world problems (laughs) right oh my gosh that's the truth that's the truth so thomas culpepper worked at court really closely with the king so I'm not really sure why this time was different, mm. but for some reason, on that day, while her old, sick, stanky leg husband was resting, she saw this guy that she used to know and went, huh, did he get 
cuter somehow. Did sleeping with an old man make my ex-boyfriend hot again? <laughs> yes, it yes. did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so one of her ladies-in-waiting, that as far as we can tell up until this point, wasn't one of her favorites, suddenly becomes her favorite lady-in-waiting. And her name is Jane Boleyn. Nathan, does that last name sound familiar to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was the widow mm-hmm. of Anne Boleyn's brother, the one that got executed with Anne Boleyn. Her reputation in history is garbage, but we don't have time. We, I'm sure she'll get her own episode one day. Yeah. <laughs> but for some reason, she singled out Jane Boleyn, whether Jane Boleyn um, initiated this or if for some reason Catherine gave her the assignment, we're not sure. But she singled her out to be like, I have a gift for Thomas Culpepper, and I want to give it to him in private. Mm, yes, it sounds sexy, and that sounds great. It, sounds sexy. And it was just a fancy hat. Yeah, it's not that sexy. <laughs> so Jane Boleyn arranged for Catherine and Thomas to meet privately, and she gave him this fancy um but jane catherine and thomas knew it wasn't about the hat um catherine wanted to be alone with this guy for some reason you know out of the watchful eyes of all the gossiping courtiers hmm i wonder why i guess hmm. i guess that's something (laughs) that we'll just have to talk about in episode three and like i said last time don't Google it. (laughs) All right, Nathan. I will catch you next time. Cheers, bitches. Yes. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.